Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Well, take your Bibles and open, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I want to continue uh, our study from this morning. We took a, a brief look this morning at the subject of worship. Remember that? And uh, we, we were in Exodus this morning, Exodus chapter number 15, and there we, we took notice how Moses, the patriarch Moses, the man of God Moses, led the Israelites to worship the Lord. And, you know, if you, if you jump back uh, just in one chapter, you read about the, you know, the Exodus account, right? And, and all that God you know, did for the Israelites, how he delivered them from that, that hand of bondage, that bitter bondage that they were in for many years. And the very first thing Moses does, you know, in chapter 15, is he praises the Lord for his deliverance, right? Next Sunday morning, uh, if the Lord tarries and Aaron is here, he's going to sing a great song, I Stand Redeemed, right? That is, that is a tremendous song. I love that song. In fact, I made a tweet this week. I was thinking about that and reading a Bible verse, and all of a sudden just dawned on me that I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I hope we never get over that. You know, I hope you never get over the fact that you're saved and, and, and you have something you just don't deserve and will never deserve, right? And when you think about that kind of stuff, it should cause us to praise Him. And there's Moses, you know, on the other side of, you know, the Red Sea. Uh, Pharaoh and the soldiers and the Egyptian army devoured by the sea, all because of God's doing. And the very first thing he does is he leads the people to praise the Lord. He's, you know, they're worshiping God. And from that text this morning, if you remember, if you were here, we had said this about, about that uh, that song that he sang, it, it kind of focused, it focuses our worship. Because all throughout that text, in just a couple of verses, what Moses does is he's, he's just focusing everybody's attention on the Lord, right? There was, there, was nothing, there was nothing that he drew to himself. He didn't say anything about, you know, uh, the Israeli military, which now, by the way, is one of the top militaries in all the world. Back then, they were just escaping Egypt, you know, running for their lives. He, he says nothing about any strategic planning, right? No, he just, everything was the Lord, you know. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song. The Lord. So worship, we said this morning, should focus our attention upon the Lord, always. And, and, and it ought to have substance about it. 
Isn't that right? You know, I didn't get a chance to, you know, I have a limited time on Sunday mornings to get accomplished what I want to get accomplished. If you would give me more time, I can. Uh, but even the songs we sing ought to have substance. Don't you think? Don't, don't you agree? And I, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, promoting any type of song. I'm just saying the songs we sing ought to have substance. I like the song, Show Us Christ, right? Uh, would you reveal yourself through the preaching, right? Where else can we go, Lord? Where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so, you know, our worshiping of God ought to be focused, and it should have substance, right? We don't just come together for entertainment. Huh? I think we ought to enjoy ourselves at church, don't you? And, and I think we ought to leave encouraged and maybe lighter than when we, when we came in. But our worship time ought to have substance about it. And so that's, that's the singing and the preaching, right? Uh, we, we, we're looking for substance. And I think this, I, I think when it comes to the preaching, that there's a way to go so deep that you come up real dry. And all of God's... All, all preaching God's Word, teaching God's Word, ought to have practical application, right? And it takes hard work to make it practical. It's easier just to make commentary than it is to make it practical. Because to make it practical, you need to think, and a lot of times, you need to experience it, you know? And, and so that's what we try to do when we come to church, because music and Bible or Scripture, you know, plus action leads to what? Worship. Remember we gave that equation this morning? And we had said this in conclusion this morning that, that worship will grow you. And when you read that text of Scripture, uh, I won't go back there because I'll get, I'll get hung up there, but in chapter 14, the very last thing the Israelites are doing is, man, they're, you know, they're just rejoicing because they look back, you know, and now they're free from the bitter bondage and Pharaoh and the soldiers that have, you know, kind of followed them and now are trying to harness them again, have all drowned in the sea, and now they're just rejoicing in the Lord. Say amen right there. But when you come to chapter number 15, verse 22, 23, and 4, what are they doing? They're complaining again. Isn't it amazing how soon we forget? And so now they witness with their own eyes God deliver them from that bitter bondage in the hand of Pharaoh, and now they're complaining to the man of God that they don't have water to drink. Isn't it amazing how we shift? You know, I, I, remember, I remember hearing this in Bible College, Tyler. You know, for every good Sunday morning, there's a bad Sunday night. And I, I remember when I first started pastoring a number of years ago, Every once in a while, we'd have just like one of those Sunday mornings where you want to say, heaven came down and glory filled my soul, you know, and, and I couldn't wait to get back to church on Sunday night, but it seemed like hell came up and devoured the rest of me, and I would, I would go home and I would say, what happened? You know, almost where I didn't want to go back to Sunday night church anymore when we had such a good Sunday morning. It just seems that the tide shifts and changes so quickly. And if we're not careful, we can be overwhelmed by that and fall prey to that very thing. 
Isn't that right? Where you walk out of a church service where you've seen somebody get saved, and instead of maybe concentrating on what just took place, it's all because, you know, everything is now based upon the fact that somebody didn't say hello to you, or they didn't comment on your new dress or tie or pair of shoes or hat, you know, uh, they, they didn't, are you with me? And it's amazing how we can just get out of fellowship so quick. You know why that is? Because for many of us, we weren't in fellowship to begin with. We're friends now. Say amen right there. Amen. Huh? And, and that's where when we come to church, we need to prepare ourselves. And so I want to just talk a little bit tonight. I won't take real long. I'll just take the rest of my time and share what's, what Solomon has to say about worship. Because what Solomon is saying here in this text of Scripture is we ought to prepare ourselves for worship. Moses kind of gives us some lessons on worship about being focused and it having substance, and it'll grow your faith. But you need to be prepared to worship. Look at this text. He said in chapter 5, verse 1, Solomon speaking, I'm in Ecclesiastes. Did I tell you that already? He said, keep thy foot when thou goest to church. We can say that. Would, would that be wrong to say right there? Yeah. Not really, because over in Timothy, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, the church being the house of God, the pillar and ground of truth, right? So we can say this, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. For us, it's church. And be more ready, look, be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. You know what the sacrifice of fools is? Look up here for a second. Get your right hand. Get your right hand and bring it up here and, and do this. Just wave it around. And then kind of make this motion with it and go like this. That's a sacrifice of fools. A fool uttereth all his mind. A fool is nothing but words. A fool is an individual who's missed the whole point of life. And so Solomon says this, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. Be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash, verse 2, with thy mouth. Let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Why? For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be, be few. And I'll stop right there. Solomon gives some real good instruction in that text. And if I were to break it down, I'd say this. In verse number one, Solomon suggests that we walk carefully. I think that's good advice, right? I think Paul said this to the church in Ephesus, we ought to work circums walk circumspectly. You know what that means? That means this, we ought to be real careful. We ought to, have, we ought to grow eyes behind our head. We ought to be aware of our surroundings. We ought to walk carefully. Right? So Solomon says in verse number one, keep thy foot when thou goest, or walk carefully. In verse two, he suggests that we talk cautiously. So walk carefully, talk cautiously. Are you with me? Are you sure? Huh? Do I need to come down off this platform and make sure? Stay with me now. I want you to get this tonight. Walk carefully talk cautiously. Now, how many of us would say, preacher, if I'd follow that advice, I wouldn't find myself in so much trouble. In fact, uh, if you move on down in the text, uh, he talks about uh, suffer not, verse 6, suffer not, permit not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. <laughs> Did you see that? 
He's talking about making vows there. And he says this, when thou vowest a vow, defer not to pay. For God taketh no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Don't allow your tongue, don't let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. In other words, what he's saying is you ought to talk cautiously. Be careful what you say. I don't think anyone has ever had to apologize for something they didn't say. Amen? Yeah. And so I think when you look at this here, uh, what he's talking about is, is, is us being prepared to worship God. I heard this analogy one time about worship, and he said this. So worship's like a car. It gets us from where we are into God's presence. And that's what worship does. You know, worship is a vehicle. Now pay attention right here. It's a vehicle. But I think sometimes what we've made it to be is a destination. Ah, I should have probably saved this for a Sunday morning because I think it's too deep. People are tired. We've made worship a destination instead of a vehicle. What's the destination of worship? Come on. Say it again. Fellowship with the Lord. Where are we going to say, Brother Will? Give glory to God. Enter into the presence of the Lord. Right? So, it, it, now, now pay attention to this. Follow my thought. If worship is our destination, then it's all about the worship. Right? And, and then what we have to talk about then is this, uh, atmosphere. You've got to have, if worship is the destination, then you've got to have the right atmosphere to worship in. So you know what we've got to do now. Here's what we've got to do. Uh, don't do this, please. We've got to lower the lighting. We've got to lower the lighting out there because it's just too bright. The atmosphere is not right. And, and probably up here, it's probably a little bit, I don't know, old school. And so we need to change the lighting up here. Come on, you're pretending like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Huh? Right? And maybe get a smoke machine. I've, I've never preached with a smoke machine atmosphere, right? And then we need to make sure that we are selecting songs that are worshipful. And so we got to look for the... Now, let me just say something carefully. I am not saying that atmosphere is wrong because atmosphere is important. And in just a short period of time, Brother Tyler and I have been talking about changing the platform up a bit and uh, getting some different lighting up here because there's a lot of dead spots and, and putting some ambient lighting to make it softer. Uh, however, that is, that is not our destination. That is the vehicle. I talked to Aaron and, and Christy about <clears throat> always, always learning new music. Why? Because God did not die after Amazing Grace was written. You're, you're not following me tonight. You're not following me tonight. Huh? Because there are some good, godly men and women that are writing songs today. And the only way to label it, Nathan, is contemporary. Why will we label it contemporary? Because it's current. Not wrong. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
come on. Show us Christ. That was, when was that written? 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10? Any idea? Let's take a guess. Let's vote on it 2010. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Huh? That, that would be considered by most people in churches like ours as contemporary, right? Look it up real quick. Look it up, Aaron. Find out one that was. What, what's, what's today's date? Who? August 28th, 2022. When was that song written? 2011. 2011. All right, so 2022, 2011, do the math. It's 50 years. It's 11 years ago. That's 11 years ago. However, for many of us, that's a contemporary song. Really isn't. Can I tell you something about our movement? Our movement is 10 years behind the times to begin with. You don't realize that, but we are. Our movement, our movement being the independent, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Baptist for most of us, is 10 years behind the time already. So what that means is this. The groups that would be considered progressive or contemporary are already 10 years advanced. They're doing stuff that it's going to take us 10 years to catch up on. So 10 years from now, we'll be singing songs they're singing today. Now, you don't have to agree, you don't have to like it, but I'm telling you the gospel truth. That's where today we're singing Show Us Christ like it's a brand new song. <laughs> it's been out for 11 years. Uh, uh, what was the song we talked about? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Contemporary song, right? Really? How long's that been out? Amazing Grace, my chains are gone. How long's that been out? 20 years. Are you listening real good? Huh? Now listen carefully. Worship is a vehicle to get us into the presence of God. Right? And so this morning we came together, we sang beautiful songs. You know, at least I thought so. I enjoyed every one of them. And I enjoyed the attitude and the spirit in which they sang. Next week, I think our choir is going to sing, right? Next week, looking forward to hearing our choir sing again. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be wonderful. Don't you think it's going to be wonderful, right? And, and then I get up, preached, I just preached an amazing message this morning. At least my wife said it was. What I'm trying to say is this. We had everything, we had everything today lined up so that you can leave this place, put it into action, and worship God. Because worshiping doesn't take, take place in this room. It takes place at, remember the analogy this morning? Worship takes place on Monday when you help somebody fix a flat, or Tuesday when you help somebody uh, fix a roof, or take somebody to the, sh to, to the market, or buy somebody a cup of coffee, whatever. It's in the arena of life. When you tell a lost person about Christ, that's worship. You're putting into action right? What this vehicle had led you to do. You'll be extremely disappointed in a church like this if you come here to think that worship is the destination. Why? Because the best you're going to get on Sunday is four songs, right? If the choir's singing, it's three congregationals. If the choir's not singing, it's four. 
If we have a vocal special, it's three. And the best you're going to get is four songs on Sunday morning and a Bible-based message. Maybe the guy doesn't wear a tie. Maybe he does. For some, if he's not in uniform, you're not listening. I'm trying to help us, church. Move forward. You got to listen to what I'm trying to say here. And I'm saying it in such a way that I, I don't want to hurt anybody. And so you're going to be mighty disappointed in our worship, and you'll leave here and go look for another church that's got better atmosphere. Right? Smoke and mirrors, so to speak. And there's many out there, you know? And I'm not, I'm not putting them down. I'm just, I'm just trying to say, if, that is, is, if that's your destination, you're going to be mightily disappointed. That'll leave you in the parking lot. Because as soon as you leave the atmosphere, you can't take atmosphere with you. Hello? Unless you steal the lights on the way out, you can't take atmosphere with you. But you can take truth with you. You can take what God's Spirit has done in your, in your soul with you. And that can energize you long past the parking lot. And it can get you, it can get you, all, it can get you to Wednesday, because then you got to come back for more. <laughs> come on, man. You got to come back for more, right? Because, man, we just can't make it past Wednesday, you know? Just the way we're designed. Are you with me? Our worship is not the destination. Our worship is a vehicle to get us to the destination. And the destination is always, it's always, it's always, it's always Him. Getting into His presence. Amen? And that's why Solomon talks about this. You need to prepare yourself for worship. So what does that look like? Uh, let, me make, let me make three suggestions. Number one, he talks about this. We need to prepare to meet God. You with me, fellas? Stay with me. Prepare to meet God. Look at verse one again. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God. You, you, see, that, you see those words, keep thy foot? What's the implication there? Guard your steps. Watch your feet. Be prepared. I remember, I remember uh, years ago, you remember, remember this statement? Hey, 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 no running in the sanctuary. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? What are we trying to say? Ah, man, this is a sacred place. We need to be careful. I don't know if that's what he's saying here, but I do think this. I think the implication is be prepared to worship. Why is that? I'm going to make a statement I think you're going to, you're going to understand. Sometimes we just do church. You, you familiar with that terminology? We just do church. Right? We know how to do it. Right? Uh, that's a young fellow over here. I know he doesn't think so, but he's got a tremendous voice. And even on a bad day, he sounds really, really, really good. I don't even know if he's got a bad day. Right? I know how to preach. How many times I've preached? I've been preaching for 38 and a half years. That's a long time. I've preached a lot of messages, Brother, Brother Adele. I've preached messages in small churches and very, very large churches. I've preached messages on foreign soil almost every state in the United States. I've preached everywhere. When I was an assistant pastor, I was preaching eight times a week as an assistant pastor. So I've preached a lot. I know how to do it. I know how to do it. I rarely, rarely ever do I really get nervous. You know, uh, I've just done it that many times. What am I trying to say? I know how to do this. And if I'm not careful, I can do this without his help. But here's what I've learned. In John chapter 15, the Bible says, without me, you can do nothing. Oh, I can tie my shoes. 
I can open my Bible. I can stand here and tell you a joke, but I can't accomplish anything spiritually or spiritual without his help. Do you ever hear somebody sing a song and it's like, oh, that was good. Somebody sing the same song and say, wow, that was amazing. Why? Because that person felt that song, lived that song, owned that song, and communicated that song, you know, from here, right? Are you with me? And so Solomon is basically saying this, you know, we need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves for worship. Prepare ourselves. Uh, keep thy foot when thou goest to uh, the house of God. We're encouraged to prepare before we go to church. Hello? I remember, I remember when I first started pastoring. In fact, when I was an assistant pastor, Brother Tyler, my preacher was, 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 a, he was, a, he was a, good, a great pastor. He was a great pastor. And he, used to, he, he knew I was headed toward the pastorate, and so he kind of lined me up for success. And, and he warned me about certain things, you know? And I remember this, Donna, you know this. For me, Saturday was a sacred day, you know? And, and, you know, I just, you know, prepared myself for the next day. And I wouldn't do anything on Saturdays but, but mentally prepare myself for church, you know? And I remember when I first started pastoring, I, I wanted every member of my church to do the same thing. You know, I didn't want them to do anything on Saturdays. If I heard they were having a party on Saturday, I'd try to squash it. They were going out to dinner. No, you can't go out. Go out Friday instead, you know, because I didn't want them to get messed up for Saturday. Huh? Guess what? After all these years, brother preacher friend, I still feel the same way. Saturday night ought to be preparation night for Sunday. Say amen right there. Huh? Because we want to come into the house of God ready and prepared to meet God, to find God, to experience God, to enjoy God. To have God reveal himself to us in a very personal way so that when we leave here, we're different. Look here. It's got to become real, man. It's got to be more than just a Sunday morning situation. Right? So Solomon talks to us about preparing to meet with God. And then he says this. He says, prepare to hear from God. Look, look, same verse. Keep thy foot with all, uh, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to what? To hear. Than to give the sacrifice of fools. Be more ready to hear. I remember, I remember my first time on an airplane. You remember, anybody fly before? You remember your first time? First time? For me, I was, I was, I think I was 15 years old. I was going to Canada to play ice hockey with two of my friends. And first time ever on an airplane at all, but no parents, nothing, 15 years old. And I remember when the flight attendant, they weren't called flight attendants back then. Oh, don't say that out loud. I remember when the flight attendant came out, and we hadn't taken off yet. We're still sitting there, and I had an aisle seat, and I remember her coming out, and she had all this, this apparatus with her, you know, an oxygen mask, a seat belt, a life vest, you know, and, and she began to try and arrest our attention and give us the safety instructions. My first time flying, Tyler, I paid attention to her like my life depended on it. Because I thought for sure, if we go down, I want to know what to do, right? And I'd never been up here before, and I was wondering if it was going to stay up anyway. So I'm paying attention like you wouldn't believe. Now, after I'm not 15 any longer, I've been in the air many, 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 many times. 
when I sit down, I, have, I don't even know that the flight attendant has been up to give the instructions. Because as soon as I sit down, my earbuds go in, my iPad comes out, my music goes on, and I'm in flight zone, right? Huh? And I just figure this, if we do go down, I'm gonna follow the person who looks like they know what they're doing, but I'm not really paying attention. So why do you bring that up? Because that's the way we come to church sometimes on Sunday morning. We're rushed. We rush out. Are you listening real good? We rush out of the house. We got to get Bobby, Betty, Boopsy, and Beepsy all ready to go. And they fought us all the way. Huh? Everything goes wrong on Sunday morning. Isn't that right? Dog bites you. It's your dog. Dog bites you. Car won't start. You know, everybody's yelling. Rush in the church. All we need to do is get to that pew, shake as few hands as possible, and sit down before the preacher recognizes. Help me here. And I'm just, I'm just trying to make fun of this, but sometimes that's the way we come to church. Our mind, our heart, it's far, it's far from being worshipful. Amen? And we wonder why church is a drag. We wonder why we're not getting anything out of it. Huh? I've, I've had people say to me, sitting in the same service with preachers that have been monotone, um, still, you know, kind of drab, I've had people say to me, oh, man, that was the worst. And I thought, man, God spoke to me out of that. You know why? Because I was looking to get something. Amen. When I got called to preach, I got called to preach by a missionary named, named and I won't even mention his name. I don't think you know him anyway. But brother, brother preacher, I was sitting right about where you are. It was a Sunday night service. He was a visiting missionary. He was very monotone. He kind of was a reader of his notes rather than an expositor. He just, he just read his notes out of Isaiah chapter number 6. And I sat there, and God had captured me like you wouldn't believe that by the end of that message, God called me to preach. And I remember walking down that aisle and not even knowing what I was doing, not even knowing where I was going. I was saying to my feet, where are you taking me? And here I was being ushered into the presence of God to answer the call to preach. And the preacher wasn't some bombastic, you know, Tyler Austin kind of a preacher. I mean, he was just a monotone, just... It all depends on how you come and why you come and what you're looking to get when you come. Are right, oh, you listening to Real Good Church? Amen. Huh? And so Solomon speaks to us about, you know, just preparing to listen. I preached a message or taught a series or did something on a Wednesday night a couple weeks ago about active listening. Remember that? Listening takes discipline. And that's why you hear me say every once in a while, are you listening to church? Do I have your attention? Are you with me right now? Say amen right there. Why? Because I know I've sat where you sit, and it's easy to get distracted. There's distractions from without, because all it takes sometimes is somebody. I mean, I can be just ripping, and all of a sudden, just one person gets up, and everybody goes. Like you've never seen a person get up before. Did you ever see it happen? And here's the preacher. I mean, he's on. And since I've been doing this for a long period of time, I usually say, all right, it's only Sister Carol getting up because she's coughing. Remember that one day, Carol? She's going to be okay. Carol, you all right? She's okay. Back up here. 
Now I can get back on track, but not everybody can. Now I'm, the preacher's lost his train of thought and he's all frustrated and wrecked the rest of the message. And then there's those distractions from within because as I'm preaching, as I'm just ripping it, all of a sudden you thought, good grief, did I turn off the iron? What time is it? My restaurant's getting full right now. Is he ever going to stop? The distractions from within. Huh? And that's why you can set your clock on my preaching. I want you to know when you come in, you're going to get out of here. I do respect your time. You don't have to worry about it. Just give me enough of your time, and I promise you, I'll, I'll allow God to use me in such a way that will give you something before you leave. I won't waste your time. Look here, I know you're busy people, especially Wednesday nights. I get it, you work all day. I get it. And that's why when you come to church on Wednesday night, I want it to be fresh, and I want to dig in and give you something that will change your life. I don't want you to come here and, oh, man, what was that all about? Huh? So whether it's Colin or Tony or Tyler or Raji, whoever it might be on Wednesday nights, we're digging in and we're going to try to feed you because we know what you go through all week. We know it's been a rough day. And us preachers, we didn't do anything all day, so, right? We don't work, you know? But you got to come prepared to meet with God and to hear from God. And listening takes discipline, right? And then the final thing I want you to see here, he says this in verse number two, uh, in verse two, he said, be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. God's in heaven, thou upon earth, Therefore, let thy words be few. In other words, he's saying, he's saying this. You, you need to be humble. You need to prepare to be humble before God. Amen. Now, that statement there, God is in heaven and you're on earth, has nothing to do with, you know, his geographical location. Because we know this. We know that God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. And if you want to get technical, we are... Everything is created in God. The world is in God. Can you, can, you, can you grasp that for a second? It's not God's in heaven and the world's over here. No, God is everywhere and the world is in it. And we're in it. We're in God. God's everywhere. He's omnipresent, everywhere at the same time. Huh? So this has nothing to do with the fact God's in heaven and you're on earth, you peons. No. What Solomon is trying to say is, is when you come to worship, prepare your mind that God is God and you're not. And he knows you, he knows me, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And what real worshiping will do for us is give us God's perspective on us. And can I feel you on something? Was it Crystal? Crystal, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Donna, is it Donna? God loves you. He loves you just like you are. You don't have to become anybody else or, or do anything other to get his attention or his love. Because the Bible says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved you before you were lovable. He loves you even if nobody else does. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. And so when you come to worship God and you realize who He is, you begin to realize, man, He accepts me just like I am. Amen. Huh? 
And when you can get God's perspective on things, it changes everything. It changes everything. It really does. Uh, Donna, you don't remember this, talking to this Donna right here, but you and I had a chat at Wawa. You remember that? Amen. Again, I was just trying to get a cup of coffee. I don't go to Wawa for conversation. But I was getting my coffee one morning. I think it may have been a Monday morning. And that young lady, Donna, said to me, aren't you the pastor at Open Bible? And I thought to myself, oh, how do I get out of this? I just want to drink my coffee. I said, I am. She said, I was in church yesterday. I said, you were. And we, we talked for a while, right? You told me about some personal things, right? Remember that? Yeah. And I thought you had told me, you had told me, Donna, you were going to come and call the office and talk to Tyler or me. Remember that? Yeah. God bless you, my sister. <laughs> now, nah, but you're here tonight, Don. I'm glad you are. Praise the Lord. God doesn't make mistakes. Is he there? Hey, there he is. Hey, man, good to have you with us. That's him with the long hair. I love your hair. I covet long hair, especially when I can't grow it anymore. Yeah. God, God doesn't make any mistakes. He knows what he's doing. And he just wants us to get into that place where we can experience him fresh and new and worship him, you know. And, and it's not so much, and, and by the way, listen, please, don't let, me, don't let me give you the wrong idea about atmosphere. I'm an atmosphere kind of guy. I love atmosphere, you know. Uh, and I talked, how many times we talked about the atmosphere in the room, we need to change a little bit and make it a little fresher and whatnot. However, I know this, we can be in a room with one light bulb and have worship. I've been in places in this world that, man, the only other person there, or the only other inhabitants there were cockroaches. And I got alone with God and had an experience with God. God broke my heart in places like that. And there was no atmosphere. Uh, I never forget one time I woke up middle of the night in Mexico, had to go to the restroom. The restroom was an outhouse about 50 yards from where I was sleeping in this concrete building. Went out there, and the missionary told me, now don't forget, pull the light chain, pull the light chain. There was a big old rat eating my soap. Just chewing on my soap, and I thought, I'm not going to make it, Lord. I'm not going to make it the rest of this week. I don't have any soap left. The rat just ate my soap. I didn't have to go to the bathroom anymore, by the way, after I saw that. <laughs> I ran back to my, my hut. <laughs> yeah. uh, what am I trying to say? Atmosphere is not that important. It's not all important. It's just a vehicle. The songs we select, just vehicles. And I think this, if we'd come to church with a more prepared heart, some of the things that bother us wouldn't bother us. Amen. Say amen right there. Some of the things that just get under our skin wouldn't get under our skin. Huh? Not at all. Listen to what happens in Isaiah. Flip this and I'm finished. Isaiah chapter number 6. Look at this text of Scripture. You have it there, guys? Look at this text. I'm not going to read all of it, but in verse number one, I highlighted in the year that King Isaiah died. In verse number three, I highlighted uh, where the angels cry out, holy, holy, holy. In verse five, I highlighted what Isaiah said, woe is me, for I am undone. And in verse number eight, he said, here am I, send me. Right? That, look, look here, that, in my opinion, that captures, that captures uh, worship in living color. Why? Listen to this uh, comment. The king died, so Isaiah was in a state of searching. You'll never find God if you're not searching. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Amen. 
You'll not find him if you're not searching. Huh? The king died. In the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I also saw the Lord. Why? Because he was searching. Huh? Prior to that, it was the king. Now it's not only that, I think this, as he entered the presence of God, he heard the angels crying, holy, holy, holy. Huh? It wasn't fleshly, fleshly, fleshly. It wasn't sing, sing, sing. No, it was holy, holy, holy. He humbled himself before the Lord. Look what he says. I, I, woe, I'm, uh, woe is me, I'm a man, because I am a man of unclean lips. You know what he was? He was a preacher. Isaiah was a prophet. And yet he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. If I were preaching that text of Scripture, I would show you in chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 how all he did was say, woe was you, woe was you, woe was you, woe was you. But when he sees the Lord, what's he say? Woe was me. What did I say a little bit ago about worship? It's when you enter into God's presence, you get God's perspective on you. On you? Woe is me. Huh? Who am I to be critical or judgmental? Woe is me, Isaiah says. And then, and then he was never the same after that experience because he heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I think sheepishly Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. And guess what the Lord said? In Hebrew, okie dokie. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. And Isaiah go, goes, and you know, the book of Isaiah is a mini Bible, 66, 66 chapters, and he's the one that speaks to us about the suffering servant, the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it awesome? Amen. True biblical worship will never leave you the way it found you. Why? Because there's a destination, and the destination is the presence of the Lord. And friend, when you're in his presence, everything changes. Hey, let's pray together. We might continue this next week. I'm having a good time with it. And so maybe we'll continue it next week if the Lord allows us to, okay? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we rejoice in the fact that we got to come to church tonight. We, we didn't have to, but we wanted to, and we're here. And I trust that we, we enjoyed singing and having testimony time and hearing people testify about what you're doing for them and in them and through them. And then opening up the scriptures and, and just trying to search out truth that'll help us to become more worshipful worshipers, getting to that destination. And I would pray that you'll help Open Bible to become a worshipful church where we celebrate Christ each time we meet. And when we leave, we're different than when we first came. Bless your people tonight and give us a, just give us a good time of conclusion of this service. And may we take with us great truth that'll help us during this week. We pray in Jesus' name. And amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.